Okay, this is it. This is a murder, true crime, true crime murder mystery. We're going to get into it. There's a lot, there's a lot to cover, a lot of grounds to cover. The search for the manhunt for Brian Laundry continues here on the Lord and Bling Show. Legal questions swirling around this case and also the search. I want to bring in Dave Ehrenberg. He is the Florida State Attorney for Palm Beach County. Uh, Dave, appreciate your time tonight. I want to start with given what we know so far, many in the public are wondering why hasn't Brian Laundrie been charged with a more serious uh, charge in the disappearance and death of Gabby at this point? Well, good evening, Marnie. I think that's coming, but there's always a tension in situations like this between police and prosecutors. There's a lot of pressure on police to find Brian Laundrie and to arrest him. But prosecutors have to meet a higher burden. See, for police to arrest, they just need probable cause. That's not that high of a burden. But for prosecutors, we need to prove cases beyond any reasonable doubt. So we're always telling police in situations like this to hold off on making the arrest. That's why you have this lesser count. That's an easy one to prove. And that can keep him in custody after he's found. But remember, prosecutors not only have a higher burden, but we have rules like if we don't file charges within 30 days of the arrest, then the guy goes free without any conditions until his trial. Also, we have speedy trial rules that say that we've got to try the case in 180 days, at least here in Florida, which is why prosecutors aren't rushing to file charges yet. I understand. So are you surprised a cause of death hasn't been pub publicly released yet for Gabby? Well, you know, they may want to keep that a secret until they're able to talk to Brian and family and others who may have information because it's something that that investigators may use where they know the cause of death and they may try to get a witness or Brian himself to say, no, I didn't strangle her. And then all of a sudden, how'd you know she was strangled? So that may not be information that they want to be let out to the public yet, but at least they have ruled it a homicide. There were five options for the medical examiner. It could have been natural causes, accident, suicide, homicide, or undetermined. The fact that they ruled it a homicide is the one choice that's good for prosecutors. David, as you know, the court of public opinion is very different than the court of law. Help us distinguish between the two when it comes to the parents' legal rights at this point, and are they protected under Florida law? Well, Marty, the parents of Brian Laundry. They have done everything possible to incriminate themselves in the court of public opinion. But in the court of the law, that is different because under the law, to be charged as an accessory after the fact, you need to know that Brian committed a crime and then you have to do something to prevent his punishment or his arrest. So for example, if they sanitize the van, now that'll get him hooked for a crime. If they hid evidence, if they bought him a plane ticket to get out of town because they knew he was involved in a crime, then you would see prosecutors getting ready to file charges right away. But we don't have that evidence yet. Right now, we know that they, the parents remain silent, they lawyered up, and that in itself is not a crime. In fact, the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination applies to the parents and Brian, and it can't be used against them in a court of law. Even though everybody uh, wants to hear from them, they have that right to remain silent. Uh, Brian Laundrie certainly doesn't want to be found at this point. In your experience as a prosecutor, is flight evidence of guilt? It's uh, consciousness of guilt, and you can use that at the trial. So even though Brian Laundrie has the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, at trial, his flight can come back to haunt him because 
the prosecutors can point to that. In fact, it's even in some jury instructions. It says that if you flee, that is consciousness of guilt and jurors hate it when defendants flee. But his silence in itself is not gonna be used against him unless he tries to explain that, well, Gabby just walked off and someone else killed her or she committed suicide or it was an accident. Well, then if he takes a stand and says that, the prosecutors can say, really, who'd you call afterwards? Did you report her missing? Did you say anything to anyone? And that's where his silence can also hurt him. Well, what would you do then? If this was OJ Simpson's book, if I, this is how I got away with it, this is how I'd get away with it, how would you do it? What would you do? It's hard to think about. I would like killing your girlfriend and then trying to get away with it. Like, how would I do it? I have no clue, because it's like, I don't know. I don't think I would really even, I mean, nobody, I can't, I don't know. Maybe some people do. Because I, I want to say like, nobody wakes up and I'm like, I want to kill my girlfriend. Maybe there's some people that do. And this is how I'd get away with it? Dude, I have no clue. I've hated ex-girlfriends before. I've hated exes for sure. I hated one, you remember on True Blood, when Eric Northman is trying to go after um, the, the head vampire, what was it, whatever his name was. But Eric Northman was driven by revenge so much that he was going to get as close to his enemy as possible and then like befriend him and then completely uproot everything. But in order to, to get close enough, like he had to kiss ass. Well, I don't know, man. Some people might like have that tactical revenge deep seated within them. I don't have it. It's like I try to I ask myself, okay, well, what if it was an accident? What if something happened? Something went wrong? So I'm like, well, then you just call the cop. You know, yeah, I tried to give her CPR. I tried to do whatever. You call for help. But it's like that story doesn't hold any any. It's not gonna work. Well, like it was an accident or this happened. Like the first thing you should do is ask for help, not go back home alone home alone across the country and just think that you're going to get away with it or maybe he has i mean so far he hasn't been caught but i mean has his freedom really has he really gotten away with it look man we don't even know if the dude's alive still i don't think he probably i i think he probably is alive i think he's probably trying to see how long he can take it and i wouldn't put it past someone like that to say like oh you guys think that's extreme you guys think you're gonna find me here or there? I'm gonna take this like to such an extreme to work. Maybe, yeah, I will die out here. I think he's willing to die out in the extremes versus like, no, he's gonna like drown himself or something. But it really is a difficult question. I mean, it's fun at first. It's like asking, um, what would you do if you won the lottery? Like everybody has an opinion. But I think with this question though, it's not, not as many people can relate to, <laughs> like if, if you won the lottery and kids are outside like, causing trouble but everyone wants to win the lottery everyone can relate to that but not everyone can relate to well then how would you do it how would you commit murder if it's like that don't dude I, I wouldn't and there's no gray area i think there's just no gray area for me no parents watching these kids and throwing rocks outside bad kids i can't relate to that there's no gray area to where like oh maybe i guess if it did i guess yeah if circumstances are right it's like no the second i found out that like something is wrong, whether it was like it happened in our sleep when I was sleeping, I woke up and that's how it was, then that's all there is to it. I wouldn't try to like go back home. I wouldn't be trying to get away with it because it's not something I would do in the first place.
president and CEO of the Spring of Tampa Bay, the certified domestic violence center for Hillsborough County. All of her um, activities were being scrutinized and none of his. Murphy says officers didn't ask enough questions about Brian Laundrie's behavior. That was a perfect opportunity for them to have said, has Brian ever grabbed you by the face before? Has he ever put his hands around your neck? In the police report, Moab City police officers didn't feel the situation escalated to the level of a domestic assault as much as that of a mental health crisis. No charges were filed and the couple was separated for the night. In the body camera video, an officer indicates Petito was the aggressor in the fight. But in a 911 call, a witness told the dispatcher he saw laundry hitting Petito. We drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her? Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her. The reason why they don't give us discretion on these things is because too many times women who are at risk want to go back to their abuser. They just wanted him to stop and they don't want to have to be separated. They don't want him charged. They don't want him to go to jail. And then they end up getting worse and worse uh, treatment and then they end up getting killed. We do know the city of Moab says it'll launch an investigation into how police officers handled that interaction with Petito and Laundry In Northport, I'm Nico Clemens, 8 on your side. Yeah, these kids outside are just throwing around a giant rock. I don't know if it's really relevant when the police, what they're charging him with and what they're not charging him with. I think once they find him, then they can charge him with everything. But why haven't they charged him with this or that? It's, it's not, who knows. These kids have to learn it from somewhere, right? Like, that's what they're learning it from home, the yelling and screaming. Again, I grew up without sisters. I don't have sisters. And we know that Brian Laundrie has an older sister. Uh, so, yeah, they, I was never comfortable, like, ever, like, pushing a girl or whatever. None of that just didn't exist. To do something that's so far detached from something I can even relate to or identify with, I've hated, I've hated some ex-girlfriends before. Like I was saying, look like Eric Northman trying to get, I thought about it, like I'll just get really close to her and then I'll just leave or something. I remember waking up one morning and I was just like, fuck this, I'm gone. I just never went back or called her back, but I never, like, let's go camping and that's how I'm gonna do it now. Because like I said earlier, it's, is, has he really gotten away with it? I mean, if you're, I, <laughs> Yes, I guess I can identify with sex, success being like successfully living off the grid. I would, I'm going to buy a Toyota Sienna someday and live out of it. But that's still with the freedoms of being able to drive into town, go to the store, get gas, go to the ATM. Like he hasn't really gotten away with it because he's still, who knows where he is. And that's not freedom, just on the run. Always wearing a disguise, always wearing a mask. Yes, we all have our own masks, don't we? No, my mask does not include murder. No, it does not. Bunch of slipknot masks. Have on Daniel Robinson is that he was most likely in the unforgiving terrain of the Arizona desert. Brian Laundrie, on the other hand, well, that's anybody's guess where he is. A Florida swamp, I don't know, maybe parts unknown. Here to tell us what it would take to survive in such conditions for an extended period of time is Steve Claytor of North Florida Survival. Steve, I'm glad you're with me because I'll tell you, there's a big difference between the Florida swamp and the Arizona desert. But honestly, um, if you're looking at both men, it's possible they're both in the, in the same place. It's possible Brian Laundrie could have made his way westward towards Arizona or plans to because the winter is coming and he might not want to be in Florida. But if you're gonna go for the long haul, you can't be novice. No, absolutely not. And uh, I mean, being a professional in what I do, teaching primitive wilderness survival, 
I would not want to be in a wilderness survival situation in Florida and certainly not hiding in the swamps on the run in Florida, um, even in, in the most optimal conditions, such as like in wintertime would be the best. Uh, it's still not going to be pleasant by any means. Can I ask you, there's a picture that um, Brian Laundrie, you know, was posted on social media, and it really stood out to me when I thought about how he might be surviving out there throughout the nights, um, wherever he might be. And it has him in a hammock right next to a stream. I don't know if you can see a return video where you are, but that is quite a professional setup. Uh, it looks like the kind of cot that you can pack on your back pretty lightly and be nice and dry and up off the creepy curlies on the ground and sleep anywhere without any kind of uh, overhang. Is that the kind of thing he needs? Is that enough? Absolutely not enough. Um, what he needs is to not be in the swamps. So those little hammocks, they fold up, they're very compact, would easily fit into a backpack. Uh, but without mosquito netting and without a whole lot of some kind of bug spray, uh, he's just not going to do well down there. His biggest adversary is the heat and the humidity. Your body just can't cool down in Florida, uh, especially if you're on the move all day trying to avoid or hide from law enforcement and searchers. Your body's going to sweat, but that sweat never gets a chance to evaporate. So your body does two things. Number one, it can't cool down. And number two, it starts to dehydrate yourself. And a fun fact for you, when your body is one quart low on water, your brain functions about 50% of its normal capacity. And that's where bad choices are going to come into play. Wow. Well, that, I think, for those who are... Um you know, cheering for the police to catch this man. They're happy to hear that he may be losing his faculties, Everest style. I backpacked around the world for a year and I had treatment for water so that whenever water got low, I knew I could always drink anything, even if it was disgusting. I would imagine that this avid outdoorsman, Brian Laundrie, has something that is similar, but I also know you can't do it for very long because it is very, very bad for you. So you can use filtered water uh, for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, most filters are very small and you can hook them to a soda bottle or a hydration bladder or just drink through a straw. Um, and there's several brands out there. This little one that I just showed you, you can pick up at your local big box stores, about $20 and it does 100,000 gallons of water. And that's a lot of water. Another thing he could use hmm. is some kind of liquid chemical, uh, sorry, chemical, like tincture of iodine 2%. This holds about 600 drops and it takes six to 12 drops to purify a whole quart of water. Uh, so you can go quite a long time by purifying and disinfecting your own water. But if he's not getting that water into his body fast enough, then he's not going to do very well. Now, boiling is the best yeah. way, but it's in his best interest to have a fire while searchers are looking for him, if indeed it's, that's where he's at. Yeah, so if he's uh, trapping squirrels, he's going to be eating them raw because you can't cook them if you can't make a fire. And a fire sure right. is a dead giveaway. You, you're darn right about that, Steve. Uh, real quickly, it's one thing to, you know, find your campsite and secret yourself away. It's another thing day after day after day to avoid people, hikers, campers, you know, and strollers, you know, and, and eventually... These guys get caught. The law of average, I mean, we tried to find all the different men that have run from the, the crime that they committed, um, and we couldn't find a lot that, that made it. I mean, Eric Rudolph, five years, but he's the, you know, he's the exception to the rule. They usually get caught, don't they? They do. Uh, I can say generally in, in anything in life, if you do something wrong, you're probably going to get caught eventually. And, I mean, being mm -hmm. on the run, and if he, he's out there in those swamps, um, they'll, they'll find him eventually, or they'll recover his, his remains, one or the other. Um, I hope they find him so the family can have justice. Um, but it, being an avid outdoorsman and, and the fact that he's experienced, I, I have my doubts that that's where he's at to begin with. I mean, it's a huge, very unfriendly place to be um, this time of year. And with winter coming, it won't be as bad. Uh, but if they, if they, you know, there's a chance that they can find it before then, and 
That's it. I got 10 seconds left, but I don't think he's in the swamp. But if he's elsewhere, he's got a lot of, of similar problems too, doesn't he? He does. There'll always be those mitigating circumstances. You never know what nature will throw at you. Steve Clater, I'd love for you to come back uh, as we continue, um, you know, the, the coverage of this because we think we're, you know, getting tips all the time that take us to different locales, and I think you're the guy that probably knows best what those locales will offer in hostility. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Admittedly, some of these clips are a little bit dated, but the one dependent variable remains, and that is they still haven't found him. I think at this point, the only real development in the story, in the case, could be when they do find him. There's kids outside of the studio throwing a giant rock. They just have a giant rock, they're just throwing it on the ground. Go out to the woods, we're gonna go for a walk in the woods. Get out of the stuffy studio. Slip into something a little bit more comfortable. No, I got my monitor, I got my headphones on, don't worry. All right, peace and quiet outside. I mean, maybe, I'm, maybe I spoke too soon because when I say like, oh, well how, you know, how much did he get away with it? Cause he's not, yeah, we don't know that. He could be the guy next to you in Walmart. He could be the, the guy next to you at any time with sunglasses and a mask and a hat. Like I said, that girl on the scooter that's always around here, she's always zooming around here. She's going so fast. I've seen her so many times and she stands out so much because she's just zooming by on the screen. She's stylish too. But I could honestly not tell you what she looked like. If I took her masks off and took her sunglasses off, helmet off, I'd be like, I, I don't know. I'd be like, that's the girl who's always zooming around on the scooter. I'd be like, no way, that's her. Well, I know she's a girl because she looks like an angel on that thing. I've never seen someone go like so effortless, effortlessly. I've never seen someone so effortlessly go as fast on a scooter as she does. With like zero. There's... No trepidation in how she drives. There's no wobbly. Like she's going as fast as possible down this hill and she's not going to stop for anyone or anything. But I have no idea what she looks like. Her at least once a week, right? So you can get, you can get pretty far with wearing a helmet and a mask and sunglasses being staying anonymous. No one knows what you look like. I don't think anyone suspects. Sorry for the traffic noise. Now it's like kids yelling outside. Now it's traffic noise. Okay, now we got, always keep your head up in a crosswalk. This is a good spot that we're at now. It's nice, it should be nice and quiet. In theory, it should be quiet. I just made the same mistake thinking, yeah, he's out somewhere in the swamps or he's out in the mountains. Like, nah, he could be in Salt Lake City. He could be in San Diego. He could be in Dallas, Birmingham, Atlanta. Shit, for all we know, he could be in Chicago, North Carolina. They traveled from Florida up to New York. He knows places between Florida, New York. He knows between New York and California. All the in-betweens, all the ins and outs. Development as the search for Brian Laundrie continues, his sister, Cassie Laundrie, saw him not once, but twice including being with him here at the Fort DeSoto campground in early September after Brian returned from his cross-country trip with Gabby Petito, or actually without Gabby Petito, even though she told the media that she hadn't seen him after he came back 
to Florida. Hey there, folks. JB Buno here with you live on WFLA Now. Great to have Josh Benson here with us, with us back here live on stream, as well as Aid on Your Side investigator Mas Saidi. Masa, you just spoke with Stephen Bertolino via text message, the attorney for Brian Laundrie. What'd you find out? So I think it's important to start with what the sister had told GMA during an interview on September 17th. And she had an exclusive interview with GMA and Cassie Laundrie, Brian Laundrie's sister said that, quote, we haven't been able to talk with him. I wish I could talk with him. And then she said that she's cooperated in every way that she can, but she called him a wonderful uncle. So again, we have the sister on September 17th saying that she has not spoken to Brian Laundrie, according to reporting from ABC. And I'm going to open up my text messages on my phone. So obviously the question is, was she telling the truth? Is the family telling the truth about their interactions? And the attorney, all, all I said was good afternoon. And the attorney <clears throat> shot me that text because he knew what this was about. <laughs> like I just said, hi. And then boom. probably rapid fire right down the text right. chain. Yeah, exactly. And he said, quote, Cassie saw her brother, Brian, on September 1st. That's when Brian got back to Northport without Gabby, when he stopped by her home and again on September 6th at Fort DeSoto Park. Mm -hmm. Law enforcement agencies are well aware of these dates, says the attorney. Any prior communication by Cassie that does not reflect these dates is simply a difference of relating an answer to a question misinterpreted by Cassie or poorly Posed by the inquirer. So, so basically, yeah. So let me hop in here. So what Stephen Bertolino, the attorney, is saying here is that Cassie Laundrie misinterpreted the question in that ABC interview and didn't understand that question correctly. And when she said that she hadn't seen Brian since he returned home from from that from that cross country trip, returned right. home to Florida, that that's what people are talking about online right now. She said, I haven't been able to talk to him. I wish I could talk to him. And I think that's where the contradiction comes in. And this is why we're talking about this now, because if in, in the event that she's answered it that way and hasn't seen him, but then all of a sudden we can prove now that she saw him on the first and eventually at the park on the sixth, we have records from Pinellas County putting the family there, or at least Roberta reservation and camping trip there, the sixth through the seventh, according to the attorney. So it's all about putting the timeline together and now and trying to like level up on what things are true and what things aren't. And when you look at this, that's why this is such a big development today in that the sister, according to the attorney, saw him on the first and then on the sixth as well. I'll just say this as far as on behalf of our viewers here on social media, part of my job here is, of course, to report what people are saying out there. There, are all, there were already a sizable overwhelming, let's just say, amount of people out there that just did not believe Brian Laundrie's parents or doesn't believe Brian Laundrie's parents here as far as what has been coming out from Stephen Bertolino, the attorney. And this doesn't help that. This doesn't help the public view here of the Laundrie family. Masa, we only have another few more minutes. We know that we got to get you going here as far as filing a report for our newscast here tonight on WFLA News Channel 8, your NBC station here in Tampa, Florida. But what development does, does the, I mean, as far as the development, what does this mean now going, going forward and how does this impact the search for Brian Laundrie? Well, so again, the FBI is leading the search here and the FBI is not telling us anything. So we have no information at this point. We're unable to confirm any information from law enforcement. The laundry family attorney, again, they're saying that law enforcement agencies are well aware of these dates. They know that, you know, Cassie... Uh, saw her brother because Brian stopped by her brother's house on September 1st. Law enforcement is aware of 
you know, the fact that the family was all at Fort DeSoto. What impact does this have on the investigation? Well, at last check, my understanding was that the Laundry family was not discussing certain details with law enforcement. I haven't heard that that has changed. So I think this is just what people are looking at as they try to determine, you know, this family, how credible they are, what information they're putting out there, and, you know, take it for what it is. What do you think, Josh? Sorry, I was reading another thing here. No, it's okay. Um, no, Just no, no. I, I, look, and I, I'm the question I ask myself now is if we can put the family pretty much at the campground on the 6th and he's been back on the 1st without Gabby. That's kind of standing out to me as they're having a family camping trip here after she's not there. He came home alone. And to me, that's just doesn't feel right uh, what are they talking about on this camping trip what are they what, what what's the discussion at this camping spot that's just kind of play, replaying in my mind and I'm I know a lot of viewers that are watching are asking the same question it's just really bizarre to me that that would transpire here now we know based on attorney uh, information and records that they were there we have a lot of questions and comments coming in here. Uh, you can use hashtag hey Masa, hashtag hey Josh, hashtag hey JB. Actually, Masa, do you have to get going here or can you stay with us for another five more minutes? It's up to you. I know you have a lot on your plate today. I can stay just for five more minutes, JB. Okay, so we'll stay another five more minutes here with Masa. Josh and I are going to be here live for a little bit longer than that here. But uh, the most liked comment here that I've seen so far on social media. And again, you can use any of the hashtags here on your screen and we can animate your comments here on screen using hashtag AJB, hashtag AJosh, or hashtag AMasa. But the most liked comment didn't have a hashtag, so I can't animate it here. But it said, so Cassie misunderstood the most basic, simple question in the world? And, and, and so Stephen Bertolino saying that Cassie Laundrie misinterpreted the question. I mean, her exact quote here we have for you uh, on WFLA.com and the WFLA app. And if you guys have it here in, in front of you, yep. yeah. here it is. I haven't been able to talk to him. We, I wish I could talk to him. Yeah, I've cooperated in every way that I can. I wish I had information or I would give more. Now, Stephen Bertolino is saying that she misinterpreted the question with that response, but that's pretty black and white. Is it? Is it not, Masa? I can, I can argue that it's possibly not. So she said, okay. we haven't been able to talk with him. I wish I could talk with him. So she's saying, talk with him. Talk about what happened. Talk about... Could be misconstrued different talk, ways. Talk, talk. And so the text message says that Cassie saw her brother. The attorney says that she saw her brother when he stopped by the home. And again, she saw him at Fort DeSoto. It doesn't say that they talked about the incident. So she, she didn't say, I haven't seen him from, from what I pulled from GMA's website and from what I saw that they put out there. The sister didn't say, I haven't seen him. She said, we haven't been able to talk with him. I wish I could talk with him. Those were the words that they put out there. So based on just those words. But if you're all at a campground, I mean, that comes down to the, the question. If you're all at the campground together, you're are you not talking to each other? That's what a lot of people want to know. All right, let's start. To we're just peeling apart the layers as Moss is doing here to look at the explanation from the attorney. Yeah. Look at the, you know, obviously and analyze the interview and kind of put that in front of everybody to make their own conclusions. And, and stay, of course, on, with, with fact here. Yeah. And there's already, I'm seeing a lot here in our comment section, a lot of confusion here. Maybe he did get away with it. Because how many times he say, oh, you look really, you look a lot like, which I could say you look a lot like Tia Leona. Tia Leone a lot more to people. Shout out to Tia Leone. 
Tia Leone is in, as a goddess, and David Duchovny is slime. He's a dirtbag. X-Files were not good movies. X-Files was not a good show. Tia Leone's movies are great. Bad Boys especially. Bad Boys is when I fell in love with Tia Leone. But how often do you find yourself, oh, you look a lot like, oh, do you know you kind of look like? Oh, you're, um, what's that word? Doppelganger? <laughs> it's all your doppelganger. Ganger? Doppelganger? Yeah, it is ganger. Doppelganger. It's an apparition or a double of a living person. That's your doppelganger. How many Brian Laundries have we seen? How many Brian Laundries have you seen in your life? Um, facial hair. White dude, facial hair, male pattern baldness. Kind of awkward, kind of shy. Probably even a little bit charming. Like in way too deep, right? We run into Brian Laundries all the time. Every day. Walmart. And all you have to say is, oh, I get that a lot. Oh, yeah, I look like him. A lot of people say I look like him. My name's Mark. My name's Jim. I, I'm from wherever. If he got rid of his drawl, his, uh, whether it's New York or... Um, like a southern, like Florida. I'm telling you, man, I know a guy from Florida, like the bayous. Tell you who he is if, if you had like a voice lineup. If you had everyone read, bling, like they just read a sentence, bling, what are you doing? Have everyone read that and I know, I would know in a second who he is from Florida. Bling, what you doing? Bling, you obsessed with them iguanas, man. You obsessed with shooting them iguanas. Nah, bling, you're not supposed to know about that. No, you didn't see that bling. But if that same guy that I know in Florida came, like said it differently, like bling, what are you doing? If he said it that way, I'd say, you know, you look a lot like this dude I know in Florida. And if he looked at me and said, I don't know what you're talking about, instead of what you're talking about. Bling, what you talking about? What you need him to do, bling? I would swear, I'd say like, hey man, that's him. That's, that's, I know him, he's from Florida. I know him. But I can't be positive because they don't talk the same. He sounds different. He doesn't say, he doesn't say the same phrases has obtained a newly released body cam video from police in Utah, revealing more details in the, into the Gabby Petito homicide case. The video shows us more insight into the actions between Petito and her fiance, Brian Laundrie, when someone called police after seeing them in a domestic violence incident. News Channel 8's Christine McClarty is live in Northport from the Laundrie family home with the latest on this. Christine? Good morning, Evan. The couple lived here in the laundry home months before going on this road trip where they ultimately got on a fight. Domestic violence experts say the more we learn about that fight, the more concerning it is. Do you slap your face or what? Well, like he like, grabs me like, with his nail and I guess that's why it looks, I definitely have a cut right here. It's like a peeler. Yeah. In this newly released footage, we're seeing more footage of Gabby distraught and hyperventilating and Brian relatively calm and collected. Moab police say they didn't feel the situation was a domestic assault and no charges were filed. However, the president and CEO of a certified domestic violence center in Hillsborough County, Mindy Murphy, says police should have asked Brian a lot more questions. Murphy says anytime a partner is willing to restrict airflow of another, they have the potential to kill. She demonstrated for law enforcement um, the way Brian had grabbed her by the face. That was a perfect opportunity for them to have said, has Brian ever grabbed you by the face before? Has he ever put his hands around your neck? Has he ever attempted to restrict your airflow? These are all high-risk indicators um, for lethality.
Coming up in our next half hour, details about why experts say the victims of domestic violence are usually the first ones to say what they did wrong. Reporting live in Northport, Christine McClurdy, 8 on your side.